At this time, without further delay, without further ado, a very special man will be giving us the three-year celebration message. He is the senior pastor of City of the Lord Zion out in Oakland, California. And uh, he is a mighty, a mighty, mighty man of God. And he is Pastor Benjamin's spiritual father, my spiritual grandfather. And the anointing indeed flows from the top down. And there is a great anointing and a great inheritance that flows out from him and also through his spiritual father. Let's all stand to our feet and let's welcome up Pastor Robert Daniels. Come on. Come on. for that this time ready for the risk for what you guys had for me it is so good to be here you know I just thank the Lord for every one of you I um, as I've been watching everything and seeing all of you I just feel that I can do nothing less than give praise and thanks to the Lord out of my innermost being, I thank the Lord for you. I thank the Lord for everything that you've done for me, everything that you're doing for me. And I know traditionally we say grandfathers, great-grandfathers and all of that, but in the Scripture it says the fathers and the sons. So when I look out of Upon your faces, I see a, a great people, a great church, a great house, and a great lineage. And I'm so thankful to what God is doing here because you haven't seen anything yet. You see, when I'm looking out, every last one of you, every face that I'm looking on, I see a great nation. I see a mighty nation. I see, see God just sprouting out, branching out, and bringing forth fruit for this lineage. And I know God's going to do that. Praise the Lord. Bless his holy name. I tell you, Pastor Christian, if I did half the things and say half the things that you say here in my church, and I've been pastoring 20 years, they probably run me out of there. <laughs> but that, that man of God is so, has so much authority and power, and I just appreciate, appreciate you. And Pastor Aaron, my goodness, every time I come, she comes very gently, and I hear that word, so, so, Pastor. What is the Lord telling you about five years from now? And I get nervous like, 
like Samuel, Samuel just rode into town. <laughs> so powerful. And I'm trying to figure out which one, whether Benjamin, Pastor Benjamin or Pastor Christian, which one has the bigger personality. My goodness. <laughs> it's so awesome. And so anointed. So powerful. My goodness. And I tell you, after hearing Pastor Sonny's message, I'm not going to be bringing any more foolishness to the Lord. Because now she's talking in alphabets. G-O-I. Get over it. She's not even speaking whole sentences anymore. So I know I'm not going to be going to the Lord with any foolishness. Because he's done with all of that, huh? Praise the Lord. I want to speak to you today. First of all, I just bring you great grace and favor and love uh, from the city of the Lord Zion Church. Um, the saints there are so blessed by how you honor me. They've been waiting for years and years and years to see their their spiritual father honored and you guys just you just bless them too and their hearts are just overflowing and so I just bring you blessings from them my wife Pastor Diane uh, she sent her love and she said next time she's coming <laughs> and I was so blessed to hear you sing that song of faithfulness and included her, and that blesses me. Yeah, and so I'm just, I'm coming full, and I know the Lord has something to say to celebrate with you on this three-year anniversary where he's displaying his splendor. And I just really believe that he's desiring to reveal an unveiling of the sons of God. You see, I want you to just keep in mind, I'm going to just talk a little bit and then I'm going to teach because some of the things I'm going to say, it might seem like you've heard it, but is it really, really true? Because it takes revelation sometimes to see where we are and what God is doing. And so I want you to keep in mind that the Scripture says, the first shall be last, and the last first. And so the first Adam is going to be last, and the last Adam is going to be first. I want you to keep in mind, I'm going to be teaching that if God is getting ready to unveil the sons of God, he's going, he's going to unveil the inner man, the new man. The man that you don't know about, the hidden man of the heart. And a lot of us never really knew him. But the Bible says that from the foundation of the world, God has chosen you in Christ Jesus. And so as we begin to understand that God's chronological a way of doing things is not like ours. And he's going to open up and he's going to reveal to you who you really are. 
And that you won't be able to say things like, I need to get close to God because you're in him and he's in you. And you just won't be able to say that anymore. You won't be able to say that you're not valuable because when the spirit of the Lord is in you, it changes everything. And you're going to begin to see things differently. And so I'm going to be speaking not to your mind, but to your heart, to your inner man. To the place where it says, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, flows rivers of living water. I'm going to be talking to you about the fact that it said the first Adam, keep in mind he's going to be last, was a living soul. And the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. And that what God, when he speaks, he speaks in spirit and life. And a lot of times we don't know what he's saying because we're so used to the words and having meaning that we can understand, hear, and process. But God says, I'm spirit. And the Father even says that he's spirit and he's looking for those to worship him in spirit. And he's looking for spirit. And so he goes deep. And, and, and he's so deep, the treasure is hidden so deep to, until a lot of you don't, don't know who you really are. But God wants to speak to you because this is a season of unveiling, uncovering, but not in, in, in a bad way. We don't like to be uncovered, but when he begins to unveil you and begin to bring you into new creation reality and truth and order and the new day that begins with the word of the Lord and with the light. And so I'm going to be talking about because we need to know and understand who we are, and we need to know that the light it says that God is light, is in Him, there is no darkness. So we're going to be talking about these types of things, and, and we're, we're going to be talking about today how God is raising you up if He's going to bring you into a place of splendor where he reveals you he doesn't do anything in secret even when he he brought eve out of adam adam broke down in a rap that was just as almost as good as mickey's <laughs> But he made a sound when God brings something new into the earth that wasn't there or you couldn't see. He doesn't do it in secret. When his son came into the earth, born of a woman, I mean, the angels are breaking out, singing everywhere. Prophecy is going on. He doesn't do anything in his secret. And he wants you to know that this unveiling, when he begins to lift you up and put you Place you in your prominent place because we are top of the mountain people. And God, he's bringing you and if he's going to display you, your splendor, he's going to bring you into a place where everybody can see you. But he, he has to unveil, he has to show the house to the house, he has to open up your eyes and you have to begin to see you. Because we are looking for so many people to add value to you. And, and God has already added value to you. He didn't 
pay for you, your redemption, with silver or gold. But with his precious blood, and there's nothing more valuable than his blood. And, he, and, and if you really hear today, because I'm not talking to your mind, I'm talking to your spirit. I'm speaking to your innermost being, and I'm going to begin to make a demand that there's going to be life coming out of you now. And you have got to understand, you must understand that the life is the light of men. And so I'm going to be talking about the light of knowledge, the light of love, the light of life. And all of this is going to be illuminating in your heart. You see, in Romans chapter 8... Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. See, creation is waiting. In the, in the first creation, you remember that, that he said, let there be light. And in the space, empty space, by the word of the Lord, a whole creation order came forth. But in the second creation, he says the same God that commanded that there be light to shine in space is now shining in your heart. And I want you to understand that, that, that when there's an empty heart, when there is a dark heart, the Bible says the heart of man is deceitful. That you can't hardly, you can't know, it's deceived, it's deceptive. And yet God said, I'm going to shine out of that heart. And I'm going to bring about new creation order. But the, the expectation, the honest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was sub subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of decay or corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So the children of God have to come into some truth now because the creationist is waiting to come into liberty of the sons of God when most of them have been deceived as if they're not free. Even though they are sons, it is, and it's impossible, it's just impossible for a son to be in bondage because the truth makes him free. And so you cannot think like that. So, so creation is waiting for a revelation of who you really are. And we need to know that, that, that if we were hidden in Christ before the foundation of the world, we need to know that if we say with our own mouth that he is our head, and if we say with our own mouth that we are his body, then how can we separate ourselves from him? And it make any kind of sense. How can I say that I'm sinful when I'm bone of his bone? Flesh of his flesh. When I'm one spirit with him. 
See, some of the things that we think, it just doesn't make any sense. So he has to go to the inner man now and begin to, to speak and unveil some things and some mysteries and, and some treasures and, and begin to show you where you belong. So many of us think that we are beneath people when we top of the mountain. Even the gospel that we preach comes on the top of the mountain. It's not a beneath thing. How beautiful are the feet on the mountains. Him that bring in good news. Everything about what God is doing is elevating you and making you see who you are. And yes, for a season we are hidden. But when we get a revelation that, that, that as he is in the world, so are we. When we get a revelation that, that the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And we need to know what the sons of God are like. In 1 John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When he is revealed, then you get an understanding about what you will look like and what you look like. And so, perhaps you've been just waiting to see him. Waiting with with second coming mentality. Well, I tell you that... That the Jewish people are waiting for him to come the first time. Sometimes when you're just waiting and waiting and, and he's been here and he's changed everything. And he's caused you to be able to see like he sees. He caused you to be able to hear like he hears. Because he placed his spirit in you. And, and, and the spirit of God, it, it, he brings revelation and understanding about the things that have been freely given you, about your inheritance and about all of the things that, that he's doing now. And that's why he's saying some things that are hard to understand, that, that, that you're not just entering into blessing, you've always been in the blessing, but you're just now revealing. It's just now being revealed to you. They've been speaking to you that, that, that you don't need a, a breakthrough anymore. You just need to enter into what God has provided for you. And sometimes that seems strange when, when someone is speaking to you and all your reality is outward and not inward. And you're trying to make sense out of everything with the senses and not by the Spirit. And when you ask God to reveal something to you, you don't even expect him to do it. And if he comes to you in a dream or a vision, when you wake up, you say that wasn't real. It was just a dream. You don't believe. And so God is going to shake us. He's going to bring us to the place that we begin to see that, that as he is. We're going to begin to see these things. We want to know, and this, this really blew my mind. You see, I live in the Scripture. I live deep in the Word. 
And I get so deep until I hear God say some things to me out of the Scripture, from the Spirit. And, and, and sometimes I don't believe, and I have to search it out to see if it's really true. And so we want to know, we want to have the light of knowledge, we want to have this unveiling, but we, we've been waiting for Him to be revealed. And in Second Peter, chapter, six, chapter 1, verse 16... It says this, For we did not follow cunning devised fable when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, I don't know about you, but I had to stop there and say, when did he come? Do you think like that? They said they were eyewitnesses. But we receive, verse 17, from God the Father, honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, I've got to search out and see what this is all about. Because as you go on, it says, And now we have a sure word of prophecy. A word conform which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. We got to understand what, what this word is. He said, we didn't, we didn't follow cunning devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of your, our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses on the mountain. Matthew 17, I'll read verse 27 of Matthew 16. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Verse 28, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. In chapter 17, it says, After six days, He took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was changed before them. It says his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became like white as light. He said, some of you are standing here. You're not going to die until you see the coming of the kingdom and of the Son of Man, it says in Luke. And then it says, after six, six days, he took them up on a high mountain and he was changed. In other words, the Son of God was unveiled. And they began to see him for who he really is. And they said, that changed them forever. They said, now we have a sure word. We have a, a, a confirmed word. We know that this man is the Son. 
Because we saw him, we saw his inward being come outward. And we saw his outward face become altered and changed. And so my question to you, are you really ready for God to unveil the sons of God? Because you don't realize how powerful you are and how bright your light is because this garment of skin is covering the light. And we keep looking at the outward man and we can't see that if God pulled back this veil, your face will shine like the sun, brighter than the sun. You see, when that kind of light is around, we, we gotta be ready. I'm telling you that, that when God do this thing, He's not gonna do it in a corner. When He, when He, when creation, they, with honest expectation, creation is waiting for you to be unveiled, but I'm wondering, are you ready? Because you cannot look at that kind of light with an old Adamic mind. See, that mind, it, 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 it thinks with condemnation, with guilt, and with shame. And that's why I'm bringing you to the mind of the Spirit. Because we got to be changed in, in, in the way we think. If we're going to be looking at that kind of light. You ever wonder why the first Adam? Why he would run and hide when he heard the presence of the Lord, when he heard the voice of the Lord? You ever wonder why they would, would cover themselves up with fig leaves? Because they felt guilty. And they felt that, that everything had changed about them, but it was just in their minds. It's how they began to think about the light. How they began to think about God and how they began to think about themselves. Could you imagine if you are sensitive to the light now? Because the Bible said men love darkness rather than light because of their deeds. And so now they're covering themselves with fig leaves. Now Adam is looking at Eve and said, I still see a little light. Can you put another leaf? I'm telling you, when the light begins to shine, it changes the outward things. See, God... In the first creation, he said to let the light be, sh let the light shine in the darkness that was there, the emptiness, the shapeless, formless darkness. And in the new creation, he's saying that that same thing is happening, but in the hearts of men. So he changes the hearts of men. 
In the first creation, he did not bring Adam into that chaotic mess. In the new creation, when he brought Jesus forth, he brought him into a place where they were trying to kill him. He's a little baby. He brings him into a place where he has to, by the word of the Lord, tell Joseph to go to Egypt. This is how he brings his son, because we need to understand that we, we, we got to learn how to trust God. Because we need to have some overcoming faith. We need to understand that those who overcome, those who prevail, they shall be my son. And they shall inherit all things. So God always places his sons in a place where they have to overcome. But he, he knows that we have the power. To do so. You don't understand how powerful your faith really is. But you're going to understand. God is bringing us to a place where he's saying that you live by faith. And it's not just to getting by and, and saying this because you don't have anything. You don't have any way to support yourself. So you're living by faith. Faith is dynamic. Faith is powerful. The faith God is talking about, we live by, can move mountains, uproot them, and tell them to go and be cast in the sea. The faith that God is talking about of the Son of God, that he's saying that we live by faith of the Son of God. We have been crucified with him. And the faith, the life we are now living, we live by the faith of the Son of God. That's a powerful life. It means that you have ability to see again and you know that you have what you say. You know that if you can see it, you know it's yours. And so God is bringing us into that place where there's an unveiling and there's a new light of knowledge. The light of knowledge of the glory of the Lord in the face of Christ. I'm telling you, this light is shining in you. We, we don't have to go and, and, and allow ourselves to be covered in darkness. To be covered in darkness means to be covered in ignorance. And that's why we, we say we're confused because we slip into darkness and we won't let the light shine. And God is saying it's, He's changed all of that. We won't be able to say these things anymore. He's bringing about an ability of sons and gods to change their environment that they are in. Yes, in the first creation, he made everything wonderful. Big old couch, wide stream, TV, all of that. Ease. But what did Adam do? The moment a little test, he... And Eve allowed themselves to be taken in. So God says, then I'm going to allow them to become strong. But someone has to come and tell you how powerful you are. Because the enemy keeps telling you how weak you are. And how just little things can get you. And bound you. 
I think I said the last time that, that if you are bound, you need to get up from where you are. Like it says in Isaiah 52 or 51, it says, awake from that and get up. That's all you have to do. And shake the chains off of you. Can't nothing bound you. You're too powerful. But the enemy comes and he tries to deceive you. And he's coming right at your strength. And that's why God is unveiling you. Because creation is waiting for someone that can command the wind and the waves. And it obey them. Creation, it was subject to man. And, and now it's in decay. And, and where he places you, you got to learn that you have the word. And the word will, will engage whatever place you are in. And it will change it. It will change everything. We must understand that in our own mouth is our genesis. That's in James chapter 3, verse 6, talking about the tongue. He uses it in a negative way, but he says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire. I want you to hear that the course of nature or existence. When I, Holy Spirit said, look up nature and existence. And I looked it up in the Greek, and it's a word for Genesis. And the Spirit of God says, We unknowingly are setting far to our new beginnings. You see, in the earth, God has placed new beginnings every day, every morning. Everything is to be made new, but we have to work with the pattern. And he says the tongue in it is power, death, and life. I wonder why he says death first. The, the enemy will deceive you. He will cause you with your own mouth and your own tongue to pass judgment on yourself. He can't do anything to you, but he causes you to begin to say. How powerful he is. And all of a sudden he becomes powerful in your eyes. We don't know that if we understood what James was saying. That if we start to prophesy to the mountains to be moved. They would move. If you start prophesying a new change and a new day and a new creation. It has to happen. And it does happen. But sometimes we don't understand how God starts from the invisible, the unseen, and he works his way back to the visible. Just like he did when he cursed the fig tree, and he often used negative things. James, why couldn't you say something positive? He said, you set on fire your course of your genesis, your nature, your existence. And we blame God. Nobody never checks, well, what have I been saying? I'm no good. The enemy puts that thought in your mind, and it's just a thought is harmless until you start saying it. Because we are so powerful that we have what we say, and we don't understand that it starts in the unseen realm. 
when he cursed the fig tree, he was the only one knew that he starts at the root where you can't see. They were still looking at how lush the green leaves and they thought nothing happened. Until the next day when they came back and they saw, and, 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 and Peter said, Rabbi, the tree you cursed, it died. <laughs> Jesus said to them, if you have faith in God, you can speak to mountains. Jesus said in another place, the works that I do, you can do them and you can do greater. This is a new creation talk. Nobody takes him from the word because we're so busy asking for things for ourselves. But this natural realm doesn't understand that, that he's given us all things, but it's in your innermost being and out of your heart. The mouth speak and the issues of life flows out of you. And you need to know what to say. And you're not worried that it's not going to happen. You know that he starts in the unseen. If it was a negative thing that happened, then if you speak to a fig tree that's dead, no leaves. And you're waiting for the leaves to appear because we, we, we talk, we, we walk by sight. We don't believe that what we say. And if we begin to understand that, that the moment we speak to, to that fig tree that's dead, it goes down to the root and life begins to come into the root. There's never been a, a time when you spoke to something that it didn't happen. It's never been a time when we, we, we just haven't understood. And so we, we just give up. And we stagger at the faith and we waver and we don't know how to give glory to God and begin to declare that God will carry out what you say because he wants things changed. But even if creation is more wiser than the sons of God, they're waiting for you to take authority over it. Am I in the house? I promised the Lord that I wasn't going to preach as loud as my son. <laughs> your genesis is in your mouth. The promises of God are new every morning. They are new. And you need to begin to declare. And when you prophesy, you've got to believe that what you say will come to pass. And so God can put you in the worst place. And that's what he often do. And we just complain about it. And we prophesy about it. And we say this is a no good place. Good for nothing. And then we are surprised. When he doesn't deliver you out of that mess. When he's saying I want you to speak. But you got to speak. From your innermost being. You've got to allow God to, to begin to, to, to make himself known. We don't know how powerful we are. God talks about you. And he said, I'm going to show the, 
the world who you are and, and who you always been. And, and, and I, I'm not trying to fix things. He said, I chose you blameless before the foundation of the world. And, and, and you can do, he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or even think. But it's according to the power that's working in you. It's not in him. He's looking for you to begin to move like he does. He came down into the, the earth to show you how to do it. And he said, you can do what I did and you can do greater things. Because I'm going to the Father. And there's not one time that God doesn't back you up. He always have your back. He always knows. And God has commanded you to move into this new season. You know, just like Adam and Eve ran and they hid themselves among the trees. He says you are the top of the mountain people. You are the head. You are above only. You are not from beneath. You can only be above. And you are certainly not a tail. But so many of us have, well... I don't know if I can say that. But they, they become a tail. All they know how to wag. They're not in charge of anything. If, if the economy takes a dip, then their tails are wagging. The church. How could that be? That should not be. Your source is not from this world. Your Abba is your source. And he said, I have not left you. The only thing he, he did, he, he, he went in the earth in the first creation. He left a perpetual way through seed. That every time something grows, there's a seed to plant more. And the new creation is your mouth. Because we, we are more like God than we think. If you know what it means to say you are son of God. Jesus said it and they were getting ready to kill him. Said he make himself equal with God. People don't like for you to become as powerful as you really are. God is saying that that you are kings. You I want to tell you. I want to give you an assignment. I want you to study the Proverbs from chapter 1 to 31. I want you to read it. I want you to read it. If you want to understand sonship, I want you to read it and read it and read it because he's talking all the time. My son, my son, my son. And you've got to understand that this is a royal house. This is a king's house. You know how I know? Because in the first verse it says, Solomon, the son of David. And I know David was a king. And we know Solomon was a king. And, 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 and in the Proverbs, he's teaching you how to rule. He's teaching you all the things that, that I hear a father would say to a son. I've heard them. He tells him, don't you, don't you mess with an immoral woman. See, sometimes we have to tell the people of God that you're too good for that. Don't you know, boy, that you are a king? You're going to take the throne one day. You cannot afford 
to do what the other people do. You have royalty in you. Somebody has to begin to command the sons, command them and say, you stop that. Forsake foolishness and live. I didn't make that up. That's in the Proverbs. Don't just go with anybody. If you walk with a fool, you'll become a fool. That's the Proverbs. Son, I, I, and when I'm talking son, I'm talking spiritual. We've got to learn because it's unveiling time. And God is saying that you need to have wisdom to know how to conduct yourself in a world that's dark. And you are the light. Don't dim your light. Don't hide it under a bushel, uh, under a bed. Put it in the right place. The proper place is up on top of the mountain. God is, he's reaching for you. He's reaching for you. You know how we are? We forget who we are. And he's reaching for you. And he's saying that you need to let your great light shine. We can't afford to do what others do. We are the ones that, that are supposed to be shining. And you know how we set our lamp alight under a bushel? When you get so dis- disappointed and discouraged. You, you, you're so sad. Who can see a light when somebody is just downcast? You've turned your light off. That's the time to shine out of the darkness, out of the emptiness, out of the chaotic things. That's the time to say not what you see, but prophesy what's coming out of your innermost being. Even though you may not, at first, it, it, it's sometimes it's so conflicting to walk with God. You, 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 you got to walk with him and, and you got to hear him as Pastor Benjamin is saying. And sometimes you don't see anything. And, and he tells you that, woe to you, that, that you make your own light. When he puts you in a place where you can't see, you got to learn that you got to trust now. And trust is not a weak word. And you can't just trust him with, with a portion of your heart. You got to do it with all your heart. You got to learn these things. You got to trust him when, when, when everything seemed to be falling around you and you, he's saying, just speak. Or he's saying, trust me. He said, well, can you give me some more wisdom? Can you get me out of this? And God is, he, he's sometimes, he's funny. You say, God, I've been in this hell for so long. I've been in this place where, where I've been tormented so long. And he says, just for a moment. And then he says, it's a light affliction. And then he says, he's working for you an eternal weight of glory. And then he's saying that I'm getting ready to old Adamic nature, and I'm bringing forth the, the new, and the new comes forth in a birthing. It's, it's changed everywhere, and, and you're wondering why you feel so bloated and all of that when you're getting ready to come forth with a word that, that he's placed in your heart. I never will forget that before 
God began to bring me forward in any way. I mean, 20 years of, of, wow, having to get up and prophesying things that, that nobody could see. Nobody. They, they thought I was crazy. And, and you need someone to help you see, to bring it out. And I would just have to speak it. And, and I would have to speak it. And I'm sorry when I'm just preaching the Word of God, but, but that's what I'm used to. You have to just preach it. You know, it, it's, it's not the demons or the devils, but man, when you are dealing with the mind of unregenerated thinking, you're born again, but you're, you're thinking, man, you got to wrestle with them and you have to break that stronghold. You cannot be tolerating it to, to go on. And, and you see, when light begins to shine, everybody in the darkness want to pull you back into the darkness. You're the only one that's seeing light and, and they're saying, you're crazy. Your genesis is in your mouth. God is bringing you into a place where we have, uh, uh, we, we don't have to have cleverly devised fables. We have been able to see him. Where did you see him? If you will go and you begin to, to just allow yourself to, to get into the word. You see, it was only three that he took up upon the mountain. It was only three, but he wants to take everybody in the church. He wants to take you higher every week. I know we're saying, let's go higher because you don't belong down here. That's why you got to learn how to be a, a, a king. You got to learn how to, to speak, proclaim some things. You've got to learn how to judge some things. You've got to know how powerful you are. That's why he's, he's moving us out of a place where we are fighting. Because a lot of times we're just fighting low-level spirits. Wrestling with them. There's no spoils there. And, and you're just wrestling even if you win it. There's nothing there you're going to get. Just fighting. I rebuke you. And it's a low-level demon. And so God is saying, no, you, that season is over. I'm bringing you up where you begin to judge things. You begin to judge what, what is not right. And you begin to understand that, that, that even if there's a devil, you got to understand that he will fall like lightning. He ain't rising up. You're the one that's rising and shining. You're the one that's being lifted up. You're the one that's being elevated. You are the one that's being set, established on the top of the mountain. The mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountain. The house of the Lord is a mountain. And God is waiting for, creation is waiting. Even the nations are waiting. You are the light of the nations. They are waiting for you to come on the scene with authority that can change things. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. 
who proclaim? Is there anybody that can proclaim peace and peace come? You don't keep peace, you make peace. If I if I'm gonna keep peace, I need a big gun. But to make peace, I need authority, and I gotta believe that that's what he's called me to do, to proclaim it, to speak it. But there has to be some change because we have to know. I'm giving you some pearls. I'm giving you some things. But it's going into your innermost being. I don't care how you think. I don't care if you go back and, and you don't, don't, don't understand any of this. But I tell you, you're going to wake up one morning. You're going to wake up one morning. And there's something in you going to be speaking. And you're not going to be speaking from this. You're going to say that that's the first and now it's last the living soul is first but now it's last it's life giving spirit and that life giving spirit it brings life where there's dead things the life wherever the river that flows out of your innermost being go is life and at the center of water things will begin to come to life even before it comes out of you at the scent, it says in Job, that at the scent of water, things come to life. God is ready. He's ready. He's ready to bring us into that place where we proclaim peace and where we are bringing glad tidings of good things. Where we, we come into a place and, and, and we understand for the building of the house our father, he wouldn't do less than, he, than David did for Solomon. Everything he needed to build. Everything. He said, with all of my might, I've supplied for my son to build his house. And the only thing he kept telling me is said, be a man. Don't you be weak. Don't you begin to tremble in your knees. And he gave him instruction for the first half, the first days of his kingdom. He said, watch this one. Shimmy, you watch him. Joab, don't let him live. He was telling him, David, that's how, how he was used to being taught, like he did in the Proverbs. But now he's getting ready to leave. And, and, and David knows that he's leaving. And he's king. But he still feels like he's missing something. And when you have to make decisions like that, and you got to watch people, and sometimes you just, you don't know what to do. you got to let it unfold. And he would just say, well, I'm going to watch him and let this unfold. But God, we don't have time to wait until all these things unfold. Can anybody make a righteous judgment? And so Solomon said to the Lord, when he came to him, the Lord came to Solomon. So what do you want me to do? And Solomon said, I need wisdom. I like wisdom. I'm standing before a great people. And that's one good thing that he's saying. Because a lot of times we, we think that the Lord's people are worthless. Shiftless. And we say that and we wonder why our gent... Well, he said, I stand before great people... And I don't even know how to go in and come out. 
Now, he's been taught by his father in the Proverbs, giving him all the wisdom he had. He said, I don't even know how to come out and go in. He, he's in the position. He's in the office of a king. And he doesn't know how to go, come in and go out. He said, give me wisdom. And he said, the matter pleases the Lord. It pleased the Lord. And he said to him, since you didn't ask for anything for yourself. Riches, a long life. Or your enemies. I tell you the truth that if a couple of you, I just say just a couple of you, if you didn't ask for anything for yourself, you would have any need, wouldn't have any need to come into the presence of the Lord. Your prayer life would, well, because most of us, we come in and I need this. And I need you to fix my enemies. And I need some money. And he said, don't you know? that you don't know what you need. God, he says, whatever you need, he said, don't give thought about what you need. And that's the way it was in the beginning. Adam didn't tell God, he said, God, I'm alone. I'm lonely. I need you to fix this. He didn't even know he was lonely. God said he was lonely. And God said, I'm going to take care of it. And so when did you begin to tell God what you need? What you need to know is that you are king and you need to be concerned about your people. You know that Paul said you're already rich, you're already full, and you're already reigning as kings without us. You're already kings. And what we need to understand is that even though we are kings, we don't know how to come in and go out. And nobody is asking God for wisdom. Nobody is asking God how, how to... to we, you, you've given us the nations. You've given us responsibility. People are looking to us and we are looking to everybody else. We lack wisdom. We don't know how to rule. We don't know how to judge. We don't know how to make a decision. Yet you're kings. Reigning. And don't know what to do. And won't ask God for wisdom. There's an unveiling that's taking place. And he's bringing you into a place where if you lack wisdom, it is not for yourself. It's for what others. I need wisdom. God is wanting you to continue to be faithful. Because he needs you to rise up to where you're supposed to be. Just throw this out. In America, the president and governors have power to pardon people. Even though they're as guilty as heck. <laughs> they, they usually don't do it until the last moments of their time in office. They get up about four in the morning and pardon people. Because when people get pardoned, people get mad. Especially if they're guilty. And yet, we don't realize that we have been given the responsibility to forgive sins. 
We don't realize that that's new creation language that, 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 that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation and that we have to understand that even though they are guilty, we can't impute their sins against them. We gotta understand how to forgive the people even though they're guilty and even though people get mad, but you gotta move into that place and you need wisdom to do that. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, the last things. I'm almost done. I'm going to say something. As he's unveiling you, and you begin to understand who you are, you're going to have to get used to people, that, that your enemies. Your, your enemies. This is how powerful you are. God says your enemies are going to come and they're going to bow down before you. He said, your enemy's going to come and they're going to bow down and they're going to lick dust. Everywhere else, when it talks about a man bowing to another man, they said, get up, only bow before God. But not in these scriptures that I'm going to tell you. In Proverbs... Fourteen. I'm going to wrap it up in one, three scriptures because you need to hear it. Because this is where you're going. Some of us, we cringe when someone honors us because we don't even think we're worth anything. We, we, we can't. I was there. I, I couldn't. It's, it would just do something to me. And, and uh, I couldn't even allow someone to take my, my, carry my bags and Thank God that Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny had just broke that off of me. But God is wanting to honor you. Proverbs fourteen nineteen. I'm going to read this. I want to leave this with you. Because we're in a new season. We're in a new time. And God is going to be doing some great and awesome things for us. And there are going to be some unusual things that you never, ever experience. But this is top of the mountain stuff. 14, 19. I want to read it. The evil will bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Out of the mouth of three or four. Isaiah 45, 14. Can you bear with me just a few moments? We are unveiling the sons of God. We're letting them see who they really are. Isaiah 45, 14. It says, Thus says the Lord, The labor of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and of the Sabines, men of stature, they should come over to you and they shall be yours. They shall walk behind you. They shall come over and change. And they shall bow down to you. They will make supplications to you. Saying surely God is in you. And there is no other. There is no other God. Now I want you to see why God is doing this. Because you don't know who's in you. And you don't know how the people that have done you wrong... They, they, that God has watched everything. And he said, they're going to come and they're going to say, God is in you. 
You forget that he's living in you. You yourself forget. And the wicked people that have hurt you, you're going to be so powerful that they're going to come. Not in warfare. But because of the power of who God has revealed to you and revealing to the nations, they're going to come and they're going to say, God is in you. Your enemies, kings and priests are going to come and do that. God is going to, I'll give you the scriptures and you can look at it and meditate on it. Isaiah 49, 23, Isaiah 60 and 14, Revelation 3 and 9. And that's the new Philadelphia church. It says the synagogue of Satan going to come and bow down before you. And they're going to say, surely God is in you. God is changing everything. And, and I'm coming and I preach this. But I preached it into your heart. And I'm telling you that everything is changing in, in, the, in the realm of the Spirit as we begin to speak it. You've got to go out and you've got to begin to speak these things. Proclaim them. Declare them. That God is revealing the sons of God. And there ought to be someone that knows the season and time that we are in. There ought to be apostles that come and say, this is the season. And we begin to believe it. And you do. You believe it because it's up there. It's splendor time. It's a rise and shine time. It's not a time where, where you go and hide and, and, and worry about everything and worrying about this enemy and that enemy. They're going to bow at your feet. You see, you got to get over the fact there is no pride. There is no mixture. Everything about the spirit is pure. And Jesus is not walking with his head down. He's not walking like he's afraid. What are we going to do? All of this mess. He's sitting until you get a revelation that, that he has come. And you, like the eyewitnesses, you see who he is and you say, that's how I'm going to be. I didn't know it. It hadn't yet been revealed. And I was children, but now I've grown up and I'm seeing it. And I'm seeing it in the scripture. I'm seeing this mighty, powerful kingdom and Lord. And I'm beginning to move in that dimension. And I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of darkness. I'm not afraid where God causes me to go. I'm not afraid who he sent me because change going to break and things going to break off of the people that you proclaim peace. And those that have never had any rest and all, those, all they've been doing is, is trying to find some upper hand. And you know how it is when you feel weak and vulnerable, you're looking for the upper hand. Doesn't matter if it's in a, in a marriage or whatever. You always want to be, you're weak and, and you always want the upper hand. That's how the people are. And we got to come and begin to speak and declare who God is. Pastor, I don't know how you want to do this, but I want to speak a blessing over the people. In their innermost being, I've spoke some words and they will not come forth void. I spoke to you and I said that this is who you are and God is going to take you up high on a mountain and you're going to learn how to walk in your high places you're going to learn how to walk on your high places you're going to learn how to move in the places that you were called to, to possess and, and just because the enemy is using some psychological warfare you're not going to be deceived by it the, the mind, stuff that's in the mind it can't hurt you You gotta be strong and, 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 and be, be courageous. 
We cannot bow down. It's, it's not about the fight. If you demonstrate your overwhelming power, it, I don't see where, where Jesus is fighting and, and wrestling with the devil. Everywhere he goes, even in Revelation, he bounds and put him in jail for a thousand years. Send just one angel and put him in jail. And then when he get out, He's trying to deceive the nation. He'd destroy him with fire just like that. And we worried about him and fighting him all the time. And worried what he's going to do to my children or to this or that. And it can't touch anything that belongs to God. And you've got to understand that, but you've got to believe it. And you can't show fear. When you begin to show fear, even an animal will begin to come in, on you. But if you stand your ground, and you're not afraid, and you begin to... Walk in this dimension of where God has lifted you up. This week, the teaching has been so powerful. And you cannot be the same again. And the, pre the preaching that has been in this house, this is not something new. It's something you've heard before. I'm just coming in a different language of it in the sense of a different sound. And sometimes we need to know how to push past all of that stuff. Not... In a way that we are struggling or striving, but just enter into the revelation of it. You just slip on into the revelation of it and just let God just unveil you. And don't be afraid of the light. Don't run away from it. Don't let it uh, be afraid of it. Don't try to cover it up. Begin to look in it as in a mirror in the glory of God and in the light and be changed into that same image. You need to know that as he is, that's who you are. If I want to see what he's like, I see him, then I know what I'm like. I'm not, I'm not like what they said. So I just want to pray for you right now with a blessing. And the blessing that I'm giving you, because I've, I've lived this. I've lived this. In my early days at the church, witches and devils would come in and they were trying to destroy the church. And I, I hadn't even gotten on my feet. I didn't even know what I was doing. But I saw God protect me. And I saw him take me through the years of maturation where he would fight my battles. And he would take care of almost anything. I said, God, I don't know what to do. And he'll take care of it. But then there came a season where he said, you mature now. He said, I want you to take care of it. I want you to learn how to rule your house. Talking about the church. I want you to learn how to strengthen the weak. And I want you to learn how to speak over their lives and, and don't worry about them anymore. Because you know that when you speak, they cannot miss the mark. That freed me so much when I realized I could not miss the mark. Because missing the mark is sin. And Jesus has taken away sin. I cannot miss the, wall, the mark. I cannot miss the way. And I just trust him. And I trust him with every son and daughter. Sometimes I have to step out of the way where God can bring maturity in their lives. Just like he had to do for me. And so I'm speaking over this house. Today there's going to be a new level. Every last one of you are going into a higher level. Because that's where you belong. And God's ready to show you off. And he's ready to bring you in a place where even the enemies that you have in the past thought, and, and even though you're out of warfare, you stumble, you're still fighting enemies. 
Some of you are still fighting. And it's time to build. You're still fighting. But God, this day, he lifts you up above all of the confusion. And he brings you into a place where you can begin not to lounge around, but to really get to work. To build. In the name of Jesus. So, Father, could you just stand with me? I don't need an altar call. The word of the Lord has done a good work. I send it right into your spirit. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, right now, the apostolic blessing. And and on this house, I thank God for you. I thank God for you for bringing me here. And so, I'm asking the Father in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know what they need. You know what they're asking for. And whatever it is, Father, let it come down into this house. Let it come down into their innermost being. Father, whatever it is, Lord, whatever you have for them that they haven't been able to see, let them see it now. Lord, there's no more delay. Hope deferred makes us sick. It's a now word. It's a today word. It's an appointed time. It's a set time word. Father, whatever they need, I just speak blessing that God out of their innermost being will produce it. That they will begin to speak and everything that they have desired. Wisdom. To rule and reign. God, I'm bringing them home now. The place where they are going to land tonight, today, is on the top of the mountain. I'm bringing them in for a landing in in the top of the mountain. And I'm giving them good news. Some of them have been looking for good news. Lord, I'm looking in the mailbox for some good news. And the good news is in your own mouth. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the good news about Jesus Christ and what he's done. Some of you, you've been just struggling. Looking around and saying, I just, Lord, I'm missing so much. I don't have enough. I'm saying to you that that's a lie. You have everything you need and ever will need. It's all in you. The Lord has put his spirit in you. And the spirit will renew anything and everything. It will bring forth everything that seed touch. And seed is not money, it's words. He's given you words. If you don't have any, look in the scripture. And so now I bless you right now in the name of Jesus. Deep is calling unto deep right now. Right now, deep has come where your river has not been, it's been kind of stopped up. You know, the enemy, the first thing he does is trying to stop the wells. But in the name of Jesus, your well is being opened right now in the name of Jesus. The well of salvation is being opened right now that you can draw 
out of your own innermost being the salvation you need. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to your innermost being and I'm commanding the life-giving spirit to come forward. The life-giving spirit. You said the, the first shall be last and the last first. I'm commanding the inner man to take prominence now. To come forth and shine out of them and upon them and change them so that they are not even recognized in the name of Jesus. And everything they've been listening to up to now, Lord, that's not your voice. I remove it. I remove it. Some of you are so tormented, you don't know when it's God, it's when it's you, or when it's this and that. And I say that's just foolishness. You know the voice of the Lord, because the, the Word of God said, My sheep, they know my voice. So I just have to say that's just foolishness. It's a lie, because the Word of the Lord always prevails against that kind of stuff. And now, Lord, New Philly is seen increase but now in the name of Jesus they have been fruitful the next stage is multiplication this is the pattern that God set if you've been fruitful then you begin to multiply and he did not create anything to be empty but you have the power to fill up every place and let me say this, man of God, where is the man of God? There's no building that can hold your ministry. There's no building. Only thing that can hold your ministry is a lineage of sons and daughters that begin to build all over the world. And you've been given a mandate and you've been given the responsibility and the anointing to fill the earth with the good news of the gospel. And with everything provision-wise, that all the sons and daughters that come to you will ever need. When you lay hands on them, I don't care if they don't have anything. And you have an agreement that they are to go out and become fathers. Because sons must become fathers. And you bless them. And they will be blessed indeed. There is no building that can contain what I put in you, saith the Lord. Anything with walls cannot contain what he's put in you. You, you are a branch that goes over the walls. And you go into this, to the cities and to the nations and you begin to plant. And it's going to get easier and easier and easier. And don't lose the authority. The people need to feel safe. And they feel safe. They know that you're not going to allow any foolishness in here. The ladies feel safe here. Because they know that you're not going to let any wolves come. And that pleases the Lord. That pleases the Lord. You're a good steward. You're a good steward of everything that God gave. And... This house is an administrative house. Like Joseph. Even though the enemy would try to stop him, he just kept on administrating. 
He kept on producing because he was called to be fruitful and multiply. He was the firstborn. And God says, I give you the, the reward of the firstborn. I give you power in the earth to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion in the name of Jesus. Everything that you ever need and everything this house is ever going to need. You'll never have to stay up night time waiting and worrying. It's going to come. Because you believe it. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I bless you right now. Everything that comes on the house of the Lord. Everything is multiplying right now. Gifts. Anointings. Glory. Your wealth. Your gold. Your silver is multiplying. Everything you have is multiplying. In the name of Jesus. Everything is increasing in this place. And God is raising you up and you speak and, 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 and people are going to listen to you. Your voice is going to be heard. Matter of fact, they're going to be looking for you. Looking for you. Looking for you. Looking for this house. In the name of Jesus. I release the anointing. I release the glory. I release the ability to discern. God has given this house a tremendous provision of wisdom. This is a headship house. Not only will you have sons that are born in the house, you're getting ready to have sons coming to you from all over, sons and daughters from all over. And they're going to be born into the lineage. Men of God that have houses that they're overseeing, you're getting ready to be a father. Marketplace ministers, CEOs, people with influence are going to be coming to say, Will you be my spiritual father? And mother, in the name of Jesus. So just lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Father, everything that I have really, really labored. Lord, everything that's in me, out of my innermost being, stir up their innermost being now to receive it. Everything. Everything. And everyone that's here, everyone, Lord, I give everything to them and multiply it. Everything that's in me now flows into this house in a different dimension, this statue. In the name of Jesus. God has given me an ability to forget things. I just don't remember anything or anyone that hurt me. I don't remember where I've been hurt. And I've been kicked in the stomach. I've been stabbed in the back and I don't remember it. All I remember is I love them. I just remember the, the contribution that they made to the house before they stabbed me in the back. And I just give thanks to the Lord for that contribution. I don't remember the pain. 
I don't even remember when they tried to, to, to hurt my wife. And that hurt me to my heart. And when they tried to, to destroy my children, I, I forgot that. Because anything, they could do anything to me, but then they start messing with my family. And, and it, it took some praying, because you can't preach when you're mad. I mean, you can't pray when you're mad. You can preach. <laughs> and God has made me forget all of that, so I give you the ability to not to remember anymore. You know, remember what you thought you didn't have when you were a child. He's causing you right now to forget. And after he caused you to forget, then the next stage is fruitfulness again. In the name of Jesus, every hurtful thing, you're not going to remember it no more. But now you're going to just remember the faithfulness of the Lord. That there were many times I asked the Lord to take me home. I was just tired. And I remember his faithfulness. I couldn't die and I wanted to die. In the name of Jesus. He's causing me to forget it. He caused me to forget it and I'm causing you to forget it. And all you're going to remember is the faithfulness of the Lord. He was been faithful. And he brought you through every hard place. And he made you stronger. And he said to me, get up now and go and, and heal those that have been broken hearted. And those that have been kicked in the stomachs. Those that have been hurt that family had lost. He said, I give you power to lift up burdens and bring joy and rejoicing. I don't even know how to remember it. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. They should have killed you while they could, but they couldn't. Now you're too strong. Hallelujah to Jesus. Should have got you why he could. Now those same enemies coming to bow down. And so the Lord lifts you up now. He lifts you up and he put new fresh garments. Faithfulness. Truth. Love. Every last one of you. Just let it all go out, all of the tears, because these gonna be a form of thing that you're never gonna remember again. Because the Lord Himself is coming down right now to wipe away every tear. Holy Spirit, wipe away every tear that's ever been cried. And He's coming now to bring joy. I just laugh at everything. Things are so funny now. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing but joy and rejoicing. He created you to rejoice. Thank you, Lord.
Rejoice. Jesus. Now this is never going to go away. It's never going to go away. In the name of Jesus. I'm just giving you everything that you ever wanted. You just wanted the Lord to just love you and know that he heard you. Just know that he heard you. Man, that was so much comfort to me. I know he heard me. He heard me. Because my enemies did not overcome me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, is there anything else that you want to do right now, Lord? Is there anything else? As I'm standing before this great people, this awesome people, that God is in them, living in them. Now, unveil them now, Lord. Unveil them. Let their face shine brighter than the sun. In the name of Jesus. Let the flow of the innermost being just flow out of them. Flowing out of them in the name of Jesus. And never let it be stopped up again, Lord. Never. Let it flow like Niagara Falls. Let it flow with such intensity and power. Flow, rivers of God, rivers of living water. Whose streams make glad this city of God flow. Breaking up the fountains of the deep and everything is moving now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everything is moving. Everything. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. Nobody will be able to stand before you. Nobody will be able to resist you. Nobody. Nobody. In the name of Jesus, I cover you with covenant love. He who touches you touches the apple of my eye. I will protect you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Jesus.